0: 91.3 WVKR, Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Brand new music. We just heard Brian Mitchell Songs from the Lower East Side. We just heard track number one, Walkin'. And speaking of Brian, let's get him on the line. Brian? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're there.
1: Yeah, I'm Uh, here.
0: Yeah, that's always a good start when we don't disconnect, you know? (laughs)
1: <laughs> Especially living up here now. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. You know, you're in yeah. the boonies now, so uh, you never know. Um, let me do a brief introduction, if I may, to the listeners here. Multi-instrumentalist, sure. vocalist, and composer Brian Mitchell has worked with countless musicians throughout his career, including Bob Dylan, B.B. King, Dolly Parton, Alan Toussaint, just to name a few. He's part of Levon Helm's Midnight Ramble Band, The Weight Band, fat boy knooch and has just released a solo album titled songs from the lower east side he'll be performing on september 11th at city winery in montgomery new york with the Wait band and he'll also be with the midnight ramble band at levon helm studios in woodstock october 8th through 10th and with that a warm welcome back to local motion brian mitchell
2: well, thank you very much.
0: I've, I've been digging your CD. Um, when I, oh, when okay. you gave it to me at that Falcon show, which honestly I have to tell you is one of my favorite shows all year, the show that you played with Sean Pelton, Tony Garnier, and yourself blew me out of the water. <laughs> and that night you gave me the CD, and it was in my car for like a really long time. And I just got into the groove of it, and just I I've been playing it a lot, you know. So congratulations, well done.
1: Thank you very much.
0: You're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. So yeah, twelve tracks. You could busy. I know you said you've been writing a lot, right? So you haven't. You're ready to record some more solo work, aren't you?
1: Well, you know, it was interesting because when I this was kind of a thing where I was just going to go in and record a bunch of tracks, old school style with a grand, with a piano or a bass and drums all in the same room. And I just recorded, you know, just a lot of, a lot of tunes that I have. Um, but then I noticed a certain thing that where uh, I think in some of it, probably was influenced by, I think, moving up to the Woodstock, uh, to this area. Um, I noticed the songs I wrote in the last year, have a certain kind of character to it and a certain kind of viewpoint and sound. And I realized some of the other stuff I had was a little more New York city oriented. So I decided to
3: <laughs> kind of
1: put this out as just that life and that time and those songs. And, um, and then I have a, one ready to go that might reflect more of uh, my environment up here, I think.
3: I like so that's that. Kind
1: of, and that's kind of why I ended up calling it songs for the lowest uh, because it really represented that part of my life.
0: Right, right, um, and, so, and and yeah. the next one might be like something with Woodstock. I like that. I think that's smart because uh, you've been spending more and more time up here, which is cool. Now I got to start off by saying, which I think we kind of did the last time you were on the show. You're a New Yorker. You're born and bred here in New York. Yes.
1: Yeah, but actually, I was born in the Bronx. Yeah. But my family, we moved out at a certain point, so I didn't. Um, we moved from the Bronx to. Miami, Florida, um, Atlanta, Georgia, Austin, Texas. Um, and no, my dad was not in the military. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> was I guess he was a businessman, but uh, like a rolling stone, if you will. He just, every once in a while, would just want to get up and go somewhere else. So I lived in a lot of different places. Yeah. So what was the, your fact, favorite? What was your favorite place? Well, yeah, the, New York City always felt like coming home.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and there were aspects of living in the South that took a little while to uh, to adjust to. And mm-hmm. believe me, I love it. I love it. But there were certain elements of, you know, not to get all heavy, but, uh, you know, let's say racism or mm-hmm. certain things that, you know, of course New York City has it. But I think it was in a different way down there. So it was uh, <laughs> a little bit of an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Or even the fact that I was a New Yorker sometimes. But you're from New York. <laughs> so you're a New Yorker, huh? And I was like, okay, I don't know. Here we go.
0: Yeah, here we go. Uh, they always got something to say about New Yorkers, don't they?
1: New Yorkers, yeah. New Yorkers, but, uh, New Yorkers. Yeah, and then also I went to school out in the Bay Area, uh, San Jose State. Ah, so hey,
0: that's where your so that, went. There's
1: a little bit of so there's a little bit of influence from living out there. Uh huh. Because when I was 18, I just thought I wanted to to the San Francisco area. In my mind, I had not been there, but I just thought I'd, Freaky people live there. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's just what I thought. And I want to go live and hang out with freaky people. That yeah, was my. Yeah. yeah. In a very simplistic way to talk about it. Now, um,
0: San Jose. And even when I
1: first went in there.
0: San Jose College uh, or high the,
1: school? No, San Jose uh, College, Co- San Jose State University.
0: Do you know that's where Yorma Kalkinen went?
1: No, I never knew that. Yes. Oh, my God, the next time I see him, <laughs> I will absolutely bring that up. Yeah,
0: please do. Please do. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, my
1: first interview, was White Cannon, who was a very, I would say, a strong influence early on. I walked in and he said, uh, so this is about finding yourself, exploring who you are, this and that. And I said, man, I'm in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> they were speaking my language.
0: How long did you uh, hang so out there?
1: I was there for... Mm, seven or eight years,
0: uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then
1: and then came back. And then I've been back in New York City ever since then.
0: Right. And piano, your right. first instrument?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How old? Piano, and then um, eight years, probably around eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a combination of my mom, uh, housewife was playing piano just uh, as a hobby, and then I would sit around and play around. You know, whenever she said I'd play piano, I'd go sit and copy what she was doing and then she took me to uh the same piano teacher and uh um, i guess the piano teacher sort of made it miserable on her <laughs> your your young son's playing better than you you've <laughs> got to step it up and she was like the hell with this so and what were you I playing to, what were you playing like classical uh, or? classical music mm-hmm. classical yeah mm-hmm. and then there was another aspect that my mother was trying to she liked the idea of music and the arts um is uh, culture for a young kid sure. she did want me hanging out in uh clubs and bars like her <laughs> you know like her brothers and you know and the guys in the neighborhood in the Bronx but uh it's, she didn't realize that I'd end up there anyway. But.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she wanted you at Lincoln Center or Carnegie Hall. Like, well, you know. yeah, I
1: think that's more what she had in mind. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Surprise, Mama, surprise. Um, what were you right. listening to, like, as a teenager?
1: Well, as a teenager, um, piano players. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Elton John. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, Leon Russell, oh nice, Billy Joel, um, yeah. Actually, uh, pretty much, I was always attracted to anything that had piano in it. Even like even the Beatles stuff, I liked when they, when they played keyboards on it, uh, things like that.
3: Right,
0: right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. that's awesome. When... And then
1: I actually was—I um, hadn't thought about this till recently um, uh, when I someone was talking over something about Beethoven, and I realized I was playing. Uh, out of Beethoven, and I decided at that time uh, to incorporate uh, Beethoven and classical music into rock. Love it. Now, as a kid, I had no idea that's like progressive rock is what they would call it now. Mm-hmm. But you know, I thought that was some novel concept that just came to me <laughs> in an egocentric kind of way. So I I arranged my uh, some of the Beethoven stuff for a rock band and I played it for my teacher, and she said, "You." play like an animal. And I think she didn't mean that in a positive oh, way. Oh, I was going to uh, say, was
0: that a positive comment or not so It absolutely
1: much? was not. She said, I, I'm trying to remember the phrasing, but it was like, when you play it, you bring, you become an animal. And I was like, <laughs> well, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, isn't that what's supposed
0: to happen? <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah. <laughs> Did you play? And actually a similar thing with even uh, like the Beethoven there would be areas where I found out later you improvise mm-hmm. uh, certain. And so I would improvise. And, and in a lot of the classical music, you play what his improvisation was. So Right, not the, your rea- own. The reaction to me was like, uh, you should play it like Beethoven. I said, well, isn't that where you're supposed to bring your own thing to the table? And they said, you think you know better than Beethoven? <laughs> and as a kid, I was like, well, I don't know if I know better, but <laughs> I got something to say.
0: Right, right. I <laughs> want to say it my way, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the weird thing with classical. It has to be each note, so on. It's like whoa. Um, did you play in bands in high school, or did that come more after
1: high school? Yeah, play, uh, well, when we moved to uh, Florida, I played in a um, like a, a band playing a lot of Leonard Skinner stuff.
0: What was the name? I always yeah. like to hear bands' names. Oh man, I can't back. even
1: recall what the name was, but I just remember. Uh, guys with their girlfriends, uh, you know, sitting on their uh, shoulders with lighters uh-huh. up in the air. And I said, man, I like what this is about. So. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. When did writing come into play for you? Because now you're doing a whole lot of it.
1: Well, I've always written, but um, one of the things during the pandemic where I was sitting at home, I started finding boxes of cassettes mm. that I hadn't honestly. Hadn't heard for you know forty years or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I have songs like when I was about fifteen that I was, I guess, writing. I didn't, I didn't know I was just making uh, songs and trying, uh, so I've been writing since since then. Always, really.
0: Right, right, right. Now, yeah. tell me about this wonderful instrument that you play so well. That I love the accordion. When did that ah, come yeah. into play?
1: Well, it it was an impressionable time for me. <laughs> I had an uncle that came and played accordion and he would show up sometimes on a Sunday and play the accordion and it just was an instant party. And I just remember the effect it had. Even my grandmother who it reminded me of remember Sanford and Son sure. that old T V show where sure. he's always like, Oh, this, you know, he's a heart attack coming at any time. Well my grandmother Elizabeth. She, yeah. a so my grandmother was always about to die, you know. She was this might be my last day. She lived till she was like eighty eight or something like that. <laughs> but all of a sudden when he played accordion, she's dancing on the table oh with a tambourine and I said the the power of music. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. it's so much fun. And, the accordion I mean, listen, I grew up a lot of spent a lot of time in Europe and Germany, right? I mean accordion is oh, just yeah. you know, what what I've always heard you know I've never not heard it and it just seems like such a great party atmosphere and getting people up like your grandmother you know so so much fun so much fun Um, there's so much to talk about with you Brian Jesus you're such a great storyteller I love your posts and stuff like that you've you've done a lot of work as a composer um, and has been featured in TV and film and theater and How did all of that come about for you as far as getting into that side of the business?
1: Well, I was always into different um, media. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Um, That's one of the things I found out uh, looking at the boxes of cassettes where uh, I was doing these duo gigs with my roommate who was a poet. Mm -hmm. So I would play. And then I had another friend of mine who was a filmmaker. Um, So I was always interacting with other artists that were interested in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did quite a bit of it when I was younger. Then I kind of fell off, and every once in a while, I, um, certain things would come back. I'll give you an example. I did a, I was in the, the Parkside Lounge playing with uh, Sean Pelton. We had a duo called House of Diablo, this kind of electronic thing. Uh-huh. And I guess the filmmaker Robert Altman was making a film uh, – Tanner, Tanner on Tanner—I think it was called. It was like a mock political documentary, and um, his someone he knew saw us playing there and um, ended up having us come down for an audition and uh, just to talk, and we ended up doing music for that. That thing. So I'm, the stuff that's happened to me has always been kind of odd weird coincidental things like that
0: yeah yeah, um, yeah 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 and also august wilson's broadway play right eight pianos the oh yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. that was through uh bill sims yeah, yeah. who actually had uh, did a lot of great stuff collaborating with them
0: yeah yeah no that's really really cool stuff and you've also done some tv appearances on good old letterman how much fun was that with levon or who did you go on there with
1: oh yes yes that's right um, I played on the, those shows a few, with different people, um, but yeah, that particular one was great. Oh. A, a favorite of mine was I played on uh, Soap Opera, One Life to Live. I love it. And and um, I was a piano player in the bar, and then I had a little line. And, but the funny thing is I was not that familiar with that kind of scene, and I got home, <laughs> and there were 50 calls on my machine. <laughs> And every one of them was from people I knew said, hey, man, I was watching the ball game and I happened to see the soap opera. All the soap opera fans came out of the woodwork. Ah,
0: and you <laughs> realized, give it up. Right. Realized who really does watch soap operas that came out on, on that <laughs> yeah. one. That's funny. Right. Oh.
1: So, uh, yeah, that had a, quite a response from people I knew. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet. Um I mean, you've recorded with, I mean, how'd you get into with the thing with Dylan?
1: Oh, the Dylan thing was um, Tony Garnier. Ah, called of course. It, yeah. Yeah, it turns out it was something from uh, The Sopranos. Oh. They wanted, Bob did a uh, Dean Martin song, Return to Me, uh-huh. and he thought of me. And it was pretty funny because I really felt things had come full circle. Like, here I am. I grew up with listening to Dean Martin which it was always to be kind of in at the time embarrassing now I love it mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it was something back then that I thought well shit I, you know I grew up listening to kind of at the time I thought it was corny music like I said now I love it now you love it so right. when I had ended up doing um, that track I thought I mean, not for nothing. I said to someone that they took it like in a way that I, I, I'm not trying to boast, but I was like, "I'm actually the perfect guy for that session." Yeah, <laughs> you are. I'm a Dylan fanatic, right? And I do know Dean Martin music, so I felt it was a uh, convergence. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, that yeah. was definitely a really, really good thing. So, yeah, and um, and Dolly Parton.
1: Yeah. yeah, she was straight up one of the nicest, of course, nicest people I've ever worked with. Um. And I'll give you an example. We did a, a thing was for the BBC. There's actually a video of it. It's just me and her playing. And uh, at the end of it, I was supposed to get a photo taken with her. at Astor. asked her and, and I had another gig to go to. So I told her assistant, I said, I can't stick around for the photo. I'm going to have to leave. But you know, tell Dolly, thank you. And, he, and she said, oh, no, Dolly will not deal with, you know. That's So anyway, basically Dolly Parton, whispers and tells them they shut down the entire interview Aww. with the BBC Aww. so that she could take a photo with me at the piano.
0: What a sweetheart.
1: And, and then part two of it is this was right around Christmas and Christmas Eve there's a knock on the door and there's this huge bouquet of flowers and this Aww. card, and this whole thing. It was from Dolly saying thank you so much.
0: Oh my gosh. And, um, How
1: lovely. I mean ridiculous. Oh my yeah. gosh. Just lovely.
0: Oh, that is absolutely lovely. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you and I both love. We've talked about this on several occasions. The New Orleans style music.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What a shame that's like this my week.
1: Spiritual. Yeah. Second home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mine. Mine too. I've not been there, but I'm getting my my butt down Oh, there. that's right. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's going to happen. But what a shame this week. You know, they're really. Um, you know, this hurricane, right? So, it's, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. So, hopefully, they'll be able to build back. It doesn't seem like it did the damage like Katrina did, because those levees actually seem to have worked. But it's still quite a mess down there. It's going to be a while, I think. You know, before yeah they come back. Um, but tell me about how you started following the New Orleans style music. I know you were played with Alan Toussaint also.
1: Yeah, but before all of that, I was, like I said, living in... I was going to San Jose State, and I heard Professor Longhair, and I heard James Booker. Mm. And my mind... And I was probably, at that time, you know, classical, some jazz, but I heard that, and that's probably one of the only times where I thought, I want to do that. I want to sound like that, you know, not copy it, but whatever that is, I need to find out. And so I started... uh, trying to figure especially professor Longhair, it just sounded like he was from another planet Mm -hmm. i never heard anything remotely like that right um so eventually just being just an incredible fan from listening to records when i i thought well i have to go down there and see what it's about so i took the train and the second i got off there and had the food and uh, just the environment and and uh, the architecture—it just—it made sense to me. Mm-hmm.
3: It felt like it's home. not about
1: listening to records and and that thing. You have to—it's the culture, the music, the culture of that music comes out in that way. So. Yeah,
3: yeah,
0: yeah. No, yeah. it's 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 a special place for sure. So I just hope we can all travel down there sometime soon because. You know, they got to build back now, you know, that's going to be a little ways, I think. But um, yeah, they'll be back. They always are. New Orleans, um, you know, those people are tough and they've been through this and they're going to get through this problem. They will. They will. They will. Um, We got to talk about Levon a little bit um, because, you know, this Midnight Ramble thing that you guys did for a decade you won a couple of grammys with levon and um what what a time i know when i interview larry he always says those were the best shows of his life um that Mm -hmm. you know that that was the time that he was just like the happiest playing and just he felt really home tell me about how you got involved with levon and the midnight rambles
1: well I can take it back to, um, if I really want to go back. Go back. When I was in, uh, <laughs> I was uh, my friend Hugh Poole, who's a guitar player. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Hugh.
0: I've heard the name.
1: Uh, we used to, Yeah. So we used to play a lot of blues on the streets. We eventually went over and played on the streets in Scandinavia, basically. Um, Denmark also, a few other places. So we're playing there, and this guy walks up to me and says, I could hear by your playing, you must be a Richard Manuel fan. Oh. And I said, "Oh, absolutely! I love the band." And so he he had a cassette. It was a bootleg cassette of Richard solo live at the Getaway. Um, and he said, "This is very rare. Not many people have it. I have it, but it just seems like you're kind of per- you need to have this." So he made me this this uh, cassette, and it just blew my mind. I listened to it every day. For the entire summer. Wow. And um, well, it eventually came out as a CD now, but at the time it was very rare and no one had heard it. Um, and an interesting thing is two things. One, uh, Jim Weider was playing guitar on it, mm-hmm. which I didn't know mm-hmm. <laughs> until later. And I think Barbara O'Brien was working at the place I was at, the getaway. Oh, wow. So these are two people <laughs> that had been part of my life since then. All right. So I'm just setting it up for, that was some kind of weird, again, cosmic coincidence. But, um, not to get, this is going to sound a little bit, I don't want to get like a little bit dark about it, but I was, I was a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine had committed suicide. Mm. And, um, you know, at this time. And so it affected me so much. I was not, I was very, you know, very upset about it. So I stopped playing, for about a month or two, I was nothing could get me out of the house, oh. and Jimmy Vivino called me up and said, "Hey, man, do you want to drive up to Woodstock and do a gig with Levon Helm and I thought well that 's the thing that's going to get me out of bed wow. and play music again Wow and so we went up there, and I, I just it was phenomenal. I think Phoebe Snow was playing and a few other people, and then levon said so so i 'll see you next Saturday, right." I said, oh. There's no place else I'd rather be. Oh. And, uh, yep, I was there ever since then. Wow, wow. So, man,
0: yeah. and that was so, quite a it ride. It was
1: really a thing where, like, the perfect, it was the perfect thing to hear, you know, to get me back to playing music. And, yep. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so, there yeah. was a lot of stuff with Levon that really was kind of that. I, you know, I don't want to get all, you know, hippy dippy, whatever, but. We had very strong spiritual connections from many different science, mm-hmm. sides. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. What were some of the shows, like if you had to pick like two or three or four that from the rambles that really stuck with you and you think about they come to mind pretty quickly when you think about that time?
1: Well, one that was with a rogue story that we were in Ohio with, uh, we were opening up for Phil Lesh. Wow. And that was my introduction to the Deadhead community. I hadn't really... I didn't know, especially living out in San Francisco, it's amazing, but I really didn't... It didn't cross my path. The, wow. the thing. But... So we're playing, and uh, those are some dedicated fans like yeah, I've never are. seen before. Uh-huh. So we were doing a gig in Ohio, and there was a, a, a rainstorm. I mean, insane. Hail coming down. I mean, and they just sat there watching the show. Nobody moved. Right. <laughs> so, we're doing we're doing our set and the rain is coming down and first of all it blows down the the stands. The horn players got up and they got off the stage. And then the amp it was so so deep that the uh the amps blew over. Oh my. And so now I look up and basically it's just me and Levon playing.
3: Oh.
1: Everyone else has been kind of brained out and blown off the stage. (laughs) And to me, I'm like, as long as he plays, I'm playing.
3: Good for you. And so they have
1: tarps over me and him. And I'll be damned if we didn't play for like 30 minutes. Wow. And the crowd's getting even, they're going crazy because now it's beyond music. It's just a a strange kind of It's a, a jam, but on. that's what
0: deadheads like, you know. They're used to it. They that. liked it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you had the perfect audience for that recipe. That's for sure. Oh, That's my God. for sure. Yeah. That's for sure.
1: And I just, it was kind of this like thing looking over at him and him smiling, going, I got your back, bro. Oh. You want to keep doing it? You can count yeah. on me. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. As long as you so, stay up here, I'm up here. Wow, that's a great memory. That's a great one. And then another
1: one that uh, always comes to mind is we were playing the beacon theater and uh, i looked up and i've got donald donald fagan was doing a lot of gigs with us at the time mm-hmm. so he was a, um so i look over and donald's next to me and then I, and then dr john is next to him wow. and then alan Toussaint is next to him and i Jeez. tell people it was like the <laughs> mount rushmore of keyboard players
0: yeah Whoa. And, like the Holy Spirit, and, you know, the the Catholics with yeah. The, yeah, the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit sitting right there for you.
1: And I'm going to throw <laughs> this out, if anybody out there has a photo of that, I would <laughs> kill for it. Oh man, yeah. Oh, and, and what yeah, year one was more it? Thing. What
0: year was this? Do you remember the Beacon Theater?
1: 2006. Six maybe something okay. like that.
2: All right. Anybody yeah. listening?
0: Remember this. And I'm gonna
1: add one more to that. Yeah. And dude. who else comes? Garth Hudson shows oh. up. Oh. It's hmm. we'd already finished playing, he knocks on the stage door and comes in. And so yeah. add Garth Hudson to that thing. And oh, I was wow. like, man, it just Life is pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, you must right have just there. pinched yourself a little bit and said, what?
1: I didn't, I, yeah.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I don't yeah. blame you. That's like a little bit, wow, wow. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Um, the You played at the Ryman, too, right? The Ramble at the Ryman? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah beautiful. That's on, on uh, video and all of that stuff, too, so yeah. Um, People want to catch up with some of those rambles that you guys did. Um, A lot of that is online.
1: So, yeah, yeah, good stuff. You know, I just saw that one for the first time since it happened. It was on PBS. And the thing that I had forgotten about it was they keep showing. My father had really not seen me play much. Again, he was a businessman and not a big fan of the music business. But he was in Nashville on business, came to the show, and he's sitting next to Steve Earle. Wow. And so they keep cutting. You see my dad talking to Steve Earle. It's, there's a number <laughs> of shots of that. So after the gig, two things. Once my, first, my dad says, uh, he goes, this is amazing. He goes, you play and sing, and people actually they applaud. <laughs> I said, okay, well, Pop. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what
3: happens. I guess when you happens. do your
1: job, they don't applaud. But, uh, but then he said, and it was so nice of you, You let my friend Earl sit in. (laughs) I said, what are you talking about? He goes, my friend Earl, he looks over and Steve Earl's waving and kind of laughing. He goes, yeah, I'm talking to Earl the whole night. Oh, my God. I said, what the hell are you talking about? He goes, what a terrible business the music (laughs) business is. And Earl agreed. He goes, you have to be crazy to get involved in such a thing. And he goes, and then Earl gets up and sings with you. What the hell is
0: that about? God, that's so funny. That's so funny, <laughs> and then he probably looked him up. I would guess and be like, "Whoa, okay, that's who that was." Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 But I can only imagine Steve Earle enjoying <laughs> trashing the music business to my dad. <laughs>
0: Oh, what a great story. <laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. You have another you you're part of a great a few great ensembles. You've really been kicking around some good stuff since well, forever, but since this pandemic too, you know. You know, I've seen you play with James Maddock, your buddy. You went to Italy and you guys I think had maybe a little bit of fun over there. Um, you also play with Fat Boy Canooch. <laughs> yeah, listen to that. So I love that. So how was Italy? I mean, I saw your pictures and your posts, and it just looked as beautiful as Italy always is. But, I mean, how was it, like, during this time? Did people come out, and you met a whole bunch of new friends?
1: Well, yeah, well, first of all, uh, the previous gigs I did there, I was told that I was smiling so much. <laughs> that uh, maybe it infuriated some people. I don't know. So I swore this time I t- would try not to smile so much, but it was unsuccessful. <laughs> I was having such a good... There's <laughs> just no hiding it. Aww. But the audience, they're, they're so incredible. And because they've gone through a lot of that, they were actually... Most of the gigs were outside. Mm-hmm. We would be in the the square of the town. Um, the but piazza. They were, the piazza, yes. Yeah. But they were... Uh, it was great. Everybody was masked and they were being careful, but also being Italians. They were uh, very upfront, yeah. you know, with the emotions. Yeah. And as I said, my mom's family's Italian. I had a guy come up to me and he said, "He goes, uh, your your family is from the south of Italy." <laughs> no, I said, "Yeah." He <laughs> goes, "I look in your eyes and I see <laughs> the soul of a southern Italian." I was like. Go ahead, bro.
0: Oh man. Yeah, man. All right. They know yeah. their stuff, I tell you that. <laughs> they, and and the yeah, food they look is look in the
1: eyes and that's all they need to know. They don't need to know anything else. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The culture over there is just like I could live there in a heartbeat. I wouldn't have a problem ah. living there at all. It's uh it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, cool. So you can yeah, the, you...
1: the fun thing we were I was trying to speak more Italian this time around, as James was. Mm-hmm. And my only reference is the the Italian that I heard in the Bronx, which is (laughs) the Bronx Italian mixed with the the south of Italy with the dialect from the (laughs) 1940s or something like that. Uh Yeah. So, um, so I would whatever I would talk, they would people they would kind of laugh, and they they kept saying I sound like a a gangster from the south of Italy. (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, that's yeah.
0: awesome. I love it. Well it looks yeah. like a really good time. I hope you guys uh get back there again. It it's just really
1: Yeah, oh they definitely they definitely want us back. Yeah. And I think it's a great honestly a combination. James and I it's well I love James too and I love his music, but well I'm not gonna say it's a comedy act, but we get over oh, there I, and we kinda play mm-hmm. off each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um the <laughs> people seem to enjoy it. Although we did notice one thing. You know, storytelling has been become part of our thing and but we we sometimes would forget that most of the time they had no idea what we're talking about. So <laughs> whenever we get into stories we had to like, all right, cut it short. Right,
0: right, right. So much fun. But you guys, I saw you guys play for the first time. I think it was not this past summer, but last summer, um, like in the height of the pandemic, you guys were outside and I just thought you guys sounded so good together. Like it wasn't your first rodeo. You know, you guys were definitely playing as a team and you played off each other and it was just really good to hear you. Um, The other band that I love that you're part of and, you know, you got to tell us about the name because it's the coolest thing ever. Fat boy, Canooch. You guys
1: just played at
0: Colony this past weekend.
1: And we're trying to actually uh, do some recording now. We both talked about it. I love it. Step it up a little bit. You and Clark, of course. Clark Ayton. Yeah. And I met Clark um, in the early 90s. Uh, I was doing a Mardi Gras gig at Louisiana Barn Grill, and I needed a tuba player. Love it. So his name came up. And so I called him, and he said, well, I think I can do it. There's some dude named Sting that wants me to play with him. I don't really, you know, not that into shit. I don't even know if I want to do the gig. But uh, I think I can squeeze it in before this Sting dude wants me to play with him. Okay. And uh, so we played, and then he got on a plane and was with Sting for a year. And then Mardi Gras came around. I called him and said, yeah, I just got back. From that dude <laughs> Sting,
2: and uh,
1: I feel like I I'd, I'd love to play some non Sting music. So yeah, tell me where's at I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. And by the way, yes. I enjoyed your interview with Clark so much.
0: Oh, thank you. I I did too. You know, and it was like. So fun, the two of you together are just like awesome, you know, and then to talk to you guys individually, you guys both could write books on your own and and just have so many great stories to tell it's um yeah, I had a lot of t- a lot of fun. I think you were in Italy when I was talking to Clark because I, right, I remember yeah. talking like, oh, I wonder if Brian's tuning in. I was like, well, Italy, I don't know, you know, but you never know, so yeah, thank
1: well, you well, actually it's when I got home, um because I hadn't heard it, but right. uh.
0: Right,
1: the beauty of uh, yeah, being able about, to
0: record everything. Sure. Right, you know, and
1: so. for, you know, knowing for a guy for as long as I have, and you know, one thing: if you're a storyteller, okay, you're going to repeat a few stories. That's just the way it is. Right. But he had a few that I had never heard before, which I, uh, especially the one where he's in front of Macy's, oh, that's about to just pack it in, and his cousin sees oh, in there and takes him home i mean i can't believe i hadn't heard that story people
0: have contacted me about that and i'm not kidding you they're like wow that was like life-changing like oh my god i can't believe that 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 guy and i remember some uh, work colleague said to me who was that i just remember that story about sitting at macy's and all of that and now he like follows his music and all of that it's like it really that's so great really resonated with people yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, good old Clark. <laughs> so, Fat Boy, Canute, you guys are going to record.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love it. think it's yeah, it's finally time for that to happen. Yeah,
0: I yeah. think so. Yeah. I think so. And then I want to have the two of you on together. When you do like oh, a CD release show, oh my god! Oh, sure, yeah, that would be fun. So we'll do that together when you do like a CD release show. So that'll be something to look forward to. Got any dates planned for a Fat Boy knooch?
1: Um, not just right now, but we're putting some things together. Good, uh, you'll be the first to know.
0: Yay! Cool,
1: cool. I'm a fan. Now, and I tell you one mm-hmm. thing: you were there. You, you heard Clark sing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Now, again, as long as I've known him, and I know I've always loved his singing, but he was always a little reticent to to do it, and I've been pushing him for, I don't know how many years, and uh, it's just so great that he's finally busting it out. Yeah. He's because, got a- yeah, he's got that beautiful voice.
0: Beautiful voice. I've heard him sing a couple times at your CD release party at Bearsville, Yeah, and then I think it was somewhere else, too, maybe a fat boy at the Colony or something like that. I think it was Colony. Yeah, because, yeah, 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 I think that yeah. was it. But um, really great voice. You definitely should use it more.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. a big Johnny Mathis fan. Ah. you got to hear that.
0: Right? Ah, okay, yeah. I did not know that. Okay, yeah. See, yeah. we learn. The more you talk to people, the more you start learning, you know, so it's cool. Yeah, that's a nice thing to right. bring up next time. Now, we also have to talk about the weight because you're a major part of that wonderful band. Um, the weight band, of course, is what I'm talking about. Tell us how that all got started.
1: Well, that was a little bit of uh, Levi kind of passing the torch.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and keep the music going and the, 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 the Midnight Ramble band is one of the things that's part of that but the White band is also part of carrying on that tradition and originally it was Jim and Jimmy Bovino put together it was an excuse to have Garth Hudson have a gig mm-hmm. so they just said we're going to do music of the band and have Garth play and it went over so great that they decided to keep doing it and Garth only did one gig but I guess I stepped in for him after that, and it just t- took on a life of its own. Right, right. And, and you guys have and been we, to we like... Just record, you know, it, it started as a thing where, uh, you know, of course, a tribute to the band. A tribute, tribute band, I mean, that gets into a very dicey kind of uh, thing to talk about because um, it is a tribute to them, but we're not a tribute band.
3: right. And
1: we're carrying on that tradition, I think.
3: Right, right. And
1: so we have a record in the can that's going to be coming out that I think is such a great representation of this band and that music. It feels like something that's fresh. We're not trying to recreate the past. We're just drawing from the past, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. When's this album being
1: released? We're looking towards... Well, it's all done, It's completed. Uh, We're just trying to see if we get either... You know, when we talk about record labels and all Uh that, it sounds so archaic. Right. But... We're trying to see if somebody wants to pick it up. Otherwise, we'll just put it out ourselves.
0: Right, right, right. And I always suggest people to go to the website, theweightband.com. You can always see some good YouTube tracks on there and upcoming shows and so much fun to see live. Now, I'm going. I know many others are. September 11th, you'll be at the New City Winery in the Hudson Valley, which is in Montgomery, New York. I have not been there, and I can't wait to go because it looks kind of cool. Um, is that an outdoor show, indoor show, or you don't know?
1: I actually don't
0: know. Okay. It is what it is. So um, yeah. Yeah, City Winery, that's September 11th. Tickets available at citywinery.com slash Hutchins Valley. And it's, it looks like a really cool place. You know, it's in Montgomery, so it's down by Newburgh. And, um, yeah, it just looks like a really cool spot. And then it looks like. Yeah, the- I've been
1: looking forward to, to seeing it because I haven't been there either. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, oh, but good. if it's anything like the other City Wineries, they run a great it's a great organization. They treat the musicians very well. That's so I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That is key. That is key. Um, and then you guys are, are you got some dates on the books there. You got New Hampshire, you got Maine, you got North Carolina and Georgia and Tennessee. You're doing something special down there, aren't you?
1: Well, Lela's usually better at the details of these gigs than I am.
0: <laughs> Lala, I think she's listening.
1: <laughs> I think she's listening. Yeah. Sometimes she'll ask me, and I was like, I don't know, I get in the van, I get in the truck, I get there, and I play music. Right, right, but, uh, right, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not so good with the details of some of these things. But.
0: Well, you got lots of tours coming up, lots of dates coming up for the weight band, so, um, you know, website yeah. is definitely the way to go. You, of course, have a website yourself, Brian music.net I want to get into now the new album before I let you go because I want to play some tracks off of here 12 tracks that's pretty beefy on this thing which is really really cool um, all these songs were written by you this is produced by you and recorded down in Brooklyn talk to me about how all these songs came to fruition and this cool place and that's why I love CDs because you can see these great photos and yeah tell me about this whole making of this compilation.
1: Well one thing was it was like I said my reaction to um well I'd been to the studio G in Brooklyn. I did a a bunch of sessions there uh during the pandemic. There was you know that's the only thing that work was available was recording sessions. Mm -hmm. So I did a few things and I got very inspired. It's a great old school place, a big room, a grand piano and I just thought, you know something, I'm doing this stuff for these other people let me do something for myself, yep. and I just felt like the time was right for me to just go in and record. You know, a lot of my music. There were like eighteen tracks that we recorded,
3: wow. and actually, I had
1: to cut it down because I, I think some of the other ones are pretty good too. So, uh, uh, volume two is is going to be a pretty easy thing to finish up. Yeah, because you got um, half of it done already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: and, and Brian, <laughs> you've got killer musicians on this. You are on the piano, the organ, the accordion, the harmonica, the synthesizer, and vocal. So when we call you multi-instrumentalist, you truly are. Tell me about the rest of the guys on this CD with you, please.
1: Well, Sean Pelton uh, on drums, who plays with Saturday Night Live, who's had that gig forever, and he's probably... One of the most recorded uh, drummers that you can find anywhere. He's, he's just, just on a million records. He's
0: just crazy good. I mean, I don't even have adjectives to describe his playing. He's out of this world. I can't wait to talk to him. He's actually going to be on the show at the end of oh, October. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty stoked. It's and also a uh,
1: Zeb Katz on the bass. Uh-huh. And another thing, we were in a band called Mojo Mancini. In the 90s. Uh-huh. And uh, things like, for instance, uh, we were a house band for like the Dolly Parton thing. Um, many other. Well, we used to play with Roseanne Cash for a lot of years. Oh, great. Um, we did something with Jackson Brown. Um, so anyway, we've known each other forever. And so we were, uh, again, when, when you play with somebody for that long, you just know each other. You speak a common language. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's just a pleasure it's to work with those guys. And then Fred Wolcott on percussion for a couple of tunes yeah.
3: um,
1: that we added. Um, so these are just dear friends that we just have such a long history together.
0: Well, I tell you and what. so
1: that was part of it, too. You, it was a tribute, for mm-hmm, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, friendships that we've had for all this time.
0: You killed it absolutely killed it on the CD release show at the Bearsville Theater a couple of weeks ago. That was just like, man, oh, man, you had Larry Campbell up there. You were playing with Randy on drums. You had Scott Sherrard, Morali Correa. I mean, it was like, what? What? It was so good. It was so good. Was that a fun night or what?
1: Yes, it was. Yeah. and. If I have to use, if I may use that phrase again, it's a community of people that I know, and it was kind of like a, a culmination after all these years. I'm calling up old friends, and they were also gracious to play and be a part of this and show their support yeah. for my music too.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I just felt great about that, and also to be on the support of the community here. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate all the people that came out. You know, we had just done Camp Cripple Creek. Uh, with the weight band. It's, uh, well, it's a whole other thing, too. But all the, that's a great community of people. And, um, and I see, since moving up here, there's a community of people in the Hudson Valley that I really appreciate. I, I guess I didn't realize it to the extent, you know, I played with Levon. I did it for a lot of years, but I didn't think so much, or I didn't realize it. But now that I'm up here, um, it's just such a great community of people that support live music. It really is. Um, it really is. And, we and so have... I thought that night was. Yeah, that night was that too. It was a. It was just great coming together of everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there was a yeah. lot of love in the room that night, and like you said, Camp Cripple Creek, ugh, Camp Cripple Creek just got over that morning, <laughs> and people were just like, "Okay, let's keep going," you know. And they're at it for five days, and you know, you know, I think we had what twenty people for dinner or something. It was crazy, you know. And um, yeah, yeah, and that's the kind of spirit you have here. We're really lucky here in the Hudson Valley. We really, really are. The venues that we have here are are amazing, right? and um, sure
1: yeah yeah. and, and I thought musicians. Lizzie's done such a great job at that place yeah at Bearsville yeah, yeah
0: she really has it's beautiful such a wow, she really made it so welcoming. It's like its own little museum, you know, and um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's some good stuff. It's got some good stuff for sure. So I know you have the weight shows coming up. That's probably what's going to take your time up, I'm guessing, for um, October, November. And then you've got some yeah. uh, Midnight Ramble shows coming up at Levon's also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, Lella will tell you these things. <laughs> so i'm gonna play a couple of tracks of these i want to play i've been playing on the show here even to promote your bearsville show this party is over what else you want me to play i'm gonna let you be the dj of what you want me to play off your new release songs from the lower east side
1: uh, Yeah, the first four or five tunes you can just play them straight through. okay
0: that's what i'll um, do that's what i'll do
1: I'll... tango and smoke yeah
0: bad attitude Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. I highly encourage people. I like buying music directly from the artist. I know there's a lot of people that don't do CDs. um, But if you do go to Brian and also go to Bandcamp. That um, helps the artists more than if you go to some of the major streaming platforms. So, you know, support live music people, go see them when you can. I know city winery is a, you know, they do this COVID protocol. And um, so everybody's being as safe as possible. Bearsville theater did for your show as well. So, you know, go support live music. It's been a rough year for musicians and venues. So I always try to encourage people to support the best they can. So,
1: yeah, sure. yeah,
0: yeah. So we'll do that. So Brian, I am gonna play a couple of these tracks. I will look forward to seeing you on the 11th. I want to hear that Fat Boy Canute release when it comes <laughs> out. We have you and Clark on together. That'll be fun.
1: That that sounds like that'll be a ball. So leave count me, me in.
0: Leave me with one more story, and then. I'll let you go about any one of these bands that you've been in or anything that I don't know, any fun experience you want to share with us.
1: I will tell you about the fat boy All right. The origins of that. Uh, Clark and I are at some bar in the Lower East Side and MTV was on, uh, and they were showing it with some, one of their old comedy bits and they called it the hippo (laughs) meter. And they would show like a guitar player, and the hippo meter would be at 10 and then bass and the drummer and it's at nine and then eight and so forth and then it gets down to one and it's the accordion and so people around me are laughing uh, of course and then there's a a little bit of a pause and then point five is the tuba so (laughs) clark and i looked at each other we're absolutely at the bottom of the hippo meter the hell with this. We're forming a band right now. Right here it is. And so that was the origins of our uh, Fat Boy Canoose. And the uh, the name came by at the time was because he said there was a nickname for the tuba. They call Fat Boy. I don't know where that came from. And actually, I knew that some people call the accordion the Canoes, Ah. Uh, squeeze box. And also it means uh, a woman's... Uh, derriere um, yes uh-huh. yes so <laughs> seems like the, co- the the combination of all that seemed to be uh appropriate so that thus was born fat boy Canute. i love it
0: i love it i love it this is going to be a great album with you too i can't wait to see the pictures you guys come up with on a cd that you release
1: <laughs> <laughs> start thinking uh, about way, that now Mark is a hell of a photographer too. He is. Uh, you seen his? Yeah, book.
0: absolutely. Yeah. Um, his Instagram photos and and um, on Facebook as well. So yeah, he's a really good photographer. When he travels the world with like Springsteen or something, he goes into these back alleys and has like the best photos. You know, so really good stuff. So yeah, sure. <laughs> he's he's quite talented. He's quite talented. So Brian, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for your time. I'm going to keep playing some tracks off of this, and um, and I'll see you next weekend at City Winery, my friend. Thank
1: you so much for having me on.
0: Oh, absolutely. Thank you for the music that you're giving the world. Keep doing what you're doing. We need more of this now more than ever. So thank you for what you do in music, and um, I'll see you soon. And, and give Lella a big hug for me when you see her again. I'll do that. All right, thank Brian. You. Have a good one. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. That's Brian Mitchell here on 91.3 WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. It is 4.57 p.m. I'm your host, Rita Ryan. We're going to play some more music of Brian Mitchell's. This is off this new release we were just discussing called Songs from the Lower East Side. Let's play This Party is Over right now, right here on 91.3 WVKR.
4: Get up off your seat. The music's no longer playing, but you're still tapping your feet. This joint looks familiar, but you're not sure where you are. I thought you meant everywhere, but you never left this bar. Take a look around, son. Your friends are on. to fall in love That's fallen dry.
0: That's how it's done. 91.3 WVKR. New music, Brian Mitchell. The tri- The album is called Songs from the Lower East Side. That track was called Tango. And we also heard This Party is Over. There's 12 tracks on this new release of Brian's. <clears throat> you can visit his website at brianmitchellmusic.net. He's also got a Facebook music page, page. Uh, under Brian Mitchell Music, as well as Instagram. So much fun. And also check out the Weight Band and oh, I don't know, Fat Boy Canute and Midnight Ramble and just an amazing career and a hell of a musician and a great guy. So lots of fun talking with Brian as always. And we're going to play more of his music at the end of the show. So it is 5.07. I'm your host Rita Ryan here with Local Motion until six o'clock today. I want to tell you it's very rare But next Wednesday, I will not be having a guest because it is our annual WVKR Pledge Drive. It is starting next week on Tuesday, the 7th, the day after Labor Day. So during my show next week from 4 to 6 p.m., we will be asking you, yes, you, the listeners out there, To make a pledge. We only do it once a year. We don't do it more than that at all. It's once a year. We ask for the public to help support this non-commercial, completely independent radio station. So you can donate with a credit card online. You're going to give us a call here and you're going to, we have some really cool premiums to offer you this year. Um, You're going to be able to look at, if you're following WVKR um, on social media, you can take a look and I'll be uploading stuff on the local motion um, uh, Facebook page as well. So we've got some cool stickers and t-shirts and tote bags and masks and all kinds of great stuff. And we really, really, really appreciate the listener support. We we do amazing with this pledge drive every single year. And, um, you know, it's it's really, you guys always step up to the plate as far as the community is concerned. So we appreciate that for sure. We'll tell you more about that and where to call in. But next week here on Local Motion, there will be no guest because we are doing the, pre- the pledge drive. So now we're going to keep the music flowing here. Here was my guest from last week. I want to give her a spin again. Dana Kurtz. She'll be performing this weekend at Town Crier in Beacon. Let's take a listen to Dana Kurtz right here, right now on 91.3 WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie.
5: I've left good rooms with nothing to say I wanted to love them, but love got in the way Yeah, I wanted to love them, but love gets in Yeah, yeah.
2: When the going got rough You hardly knew my name You locked me out And you threw away the key Yes, I wouldn't treat it now. The way you treated me got me crying for the loving that I need Begging like a dog for more. Although I spend all my time bleeding, you turn your back and you leave. Like one of these old days, yeah, that's what you'll do. And when you need me the most, I'll turn around and walk out on you. Begging on your knees I wouldn't treat a dog The way you treated me I wouldn't do it me I wouldn't treat a dog
0: 91.3 3 WVKR Independent Radio Poughkeepsie. Big Joe Fitz and the Fies. The album called Shoulda Known Better. I wouldn't treat a dog the way you treated me. That's that's it. BigJoeFitz.com. He was supposed to play tonight at Keegan Ales, but weather kind of getting in the way of that. So tonight's gig at Keegan Ales is canceled. But you can go see Big Joe Fitz next week inside at. The Falcon in Marlborough, next Thursday, September 9th. You can make reservations by going to liveatthefalcon.com. See, Big Joe fits there next Thursday, September 9th. We also heard from Dana Kurtz, her single, Love Gets in the Way. She'll be performing this Saturday at Town Crier on the main stage with Maya Sharp. That's SaturdayTownCrier.com for tickets and information. It was a delight speaking with Dana last week. If you missed that inter- interview or today's interview or any interview here on Local Motion, you can check out my YouTube channel and subscribe to it. And it's Reed Orion Local Motion on 91.3 WVKR. Also on Spotify, you can subscribe there. So if you miss anything, it's all uploaded all uploaded. So um, what else? We're going to keep the music spinning here. This gentleman will be performing on the 11th at Levon's and on the 3rd this Friday at the Falcon. Let's take and take a listen to brand new music by the one and only Mr. Scott Sherrard right here right now on 91.3 WVKR.
5: December, in 69, Uncle Sam called on number one. In Detroit, the guitars rang, and the children sang, but a cruel winter was sure to come. Had a band Thought they'd tried their hands. The music worked its way Into their souls But when his number came Life was never the same As the first boy was shipped off To get his gun Sunset Winners coming in Pulling the sails Under that Blood red sky One day I'll head south Escape the winter Winds But the cold in, in my blood And the lake In the mud I'll be back again. His confidence would swell. He'd fight this living hell. But he refused to carry a gun. He faced the front line down. With a medic's pack in hand Convinced that all men are born as one Maybe there was a silent prayer As the night's first morning flare Felt his own warm blood soak through his hands. It happened so fast, this breath would be his last, and his company began to fall. Every soul, and a cold wind blew him far away.
0: WVKR, new track from Scott Sherrard, Michigan Sunset. You might recognize the vocal on that. That was Amy Helm, guest appearance of this. This is going to be a new release by Scott Sherrard, and it's coming out, I think, sometime this month because he's doing a CD release show at Levon Helm Studios. So we've got one more to go. Let me um, get back in here. Scott will be at Levon's and this next track right now, James Maddock, he'll be opening up for Scott Sherrard. So I'll tell you more about that. Let's take a listen now. James Maddock, 91.3.
2: Where the perfume candle burns. Where the sweetest lessons learned A little light to guide us on The way to that room At the top of the stairs
5: With a dance floor two
2: by two Or lit up by the
3: moon (laughs) Oh, <laughs>